this is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare chunk ed podcast a horror podcast that can now employ a variety of breathing techniques to quell any and all anxiety attacks my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we kick off a months long of pure panic and we start by previewing the virtual and in-person goodness of this year's panic film festival and you don't have to be on meds to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. Open your panic hole. And of course, you can find us out on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab which leads to shenanigans. And panic fest shenanigans. And as the episode is going to be releasing on Friday, April 2nd, Screenland Armor, they have your genre needs taken care of indoors. And virtually. And on that very Friday, the last Friday Night Fright before said Panic Film Festival, mm-hmm. school is out for the summer, genius. Uh, we're getting very 90s. I can feel my the sides of my hair starting to flame out and feather already i'm getting that heartnet hair going on i can't wait 1998 was the year of the heartnet hair between the faculty and h2o <laughs> and nobody else could rock the heartnet hair like that like and nobody else tried nobody else dared uh, no to do the heartnet hair. so please come on out for that uh and that is going to be a blast cannot wait now of course that weekend is easter and a film that I actually saw at the Tivoli in the theater back in 1999, and I haven't seen it in the theater since, but you can come out and experience Kevin Smith's Dogma. <laughs> Perfect Easter viewing. Right after the Ten Commandments, see, like, the Anti-Commandments. <laughs> and, of course, uh, some of the new releases include King Kong versus Godzilla. I can't wait for that shit. That looks awesome as hell. Absolutely. That one actually is going to be uh, one we are going to be reviewing on Patreon. And another one that I'm going to be talking about. Before we, I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling you, one of these days, we need to like have us photoshopped as the, as the little fairies for uh, Masuraya, the little pixie twins. That's going to happen. And like, ah, destroy the village shit. I just people need to wait a few more months potentially, and <laughs> the Bob Odenkirk starring nobody. That looks cool. That looks very John Wickian. Yeah, it's uh, basically Saul Wickian, I believe. <laughs> now, of course, if you are not ready to go back indoors uh, virtually, we have you taken care of as well. Because then on that Saturday, April third, our latest Shutter shout out, where we are just edging into a little bit more madness. <laughs> We have a double feature featuring Tourist Trapped, and what are we closing out with, Genius? Society, you never forget your first shunt. <laughs> That's going to be definitely, truly, yeah, Connors. 
And right now, I'm guarantee Adrian Torres is uh, the back, the hair on the back of his neck is tingling. It's like some sort of like odd ASMR. That's what like the S stands for, like society, autonomous society response. Better than the S being a shunt. That's all we can say there. Now, of course, we are streaming that on Shutter. Now, that is free, ideally, and of course, there are a number of seven-day codes that you can utilize, but if you would like some customized content, including pre-show, introduction, trailer reel for each film, and post-film discussion, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland, and of course, that's the tip of the tier. There are so many other perks along with that, but genius, if we are talking Patreon and film family... Hey, ballies! We are actually celebrating our first full year of exclusive content over at Patreon. Uh, included, yeah, thank awesome. you, thank you. <laughs> including um, the new horror release of King Kong vs. Godzilla, mm-hmm. which we will be talking about. And even going into uh, the exclusive commentary for the month of April, we are going to be releasing it on April 26th. It was a winner of the 2019 Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Beating audition, proving that in space no one can hear you. Kitty, 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 kitty. So we will definitely be talking Ridley Scott's Alien, and we there is so much more to you know explore in that. So come on and become a member of our film family by heading to Patreon.com/slash/NightmareJunkhead. Genius McGee, what a difference a year makes. Absolutely. Especially again when that year is 2020. That's, well, that's a year. Well, that's you, a year it make. is. Well, and you know, <laughs> and it, traditionally here in the month of April is typically where almost all of our Panic Film Fest content lands. Um, April is the month where we have our live shows, where we have the Panic Film Dispatches and all the goodness that comes from making memories at Panic Fest. But here it is, the month of April, and we're starting with the Panic Fest preview, which normally is back in January, potentially into February. So things are all sorts off kilter here, potentially. It's wibbly wobbly, all backwards. It's but, <laughs> but, but hey, the show's still going on. Well, yeah, it's going on, and in fact, uh, our next guest—not, I mean, to, to say our next guest is imperative to the existence of our show is kind of like insulting because without him, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. There wouldn't be a junkhead, even though we don't know what junkheads are. It wouldn't be, they wouldn't be the show without him. Well, you know what? He wears many hats, but I think the most important hat is he is the co-founder of the panic film festival. Please welcome back to nightmare junkhead. Casey Canton. Guys, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure, uh, especially because I feel like I haven't actually been able to talk to you guys in forever. Uh, I <laughs> haven't seen Genius in forever either. So, yeah, th- thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat about our lineup, um, some premieres we've got, the podcast stuff. So I'm just happy that we're able to bring Panic Fest back and support Screenland, too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the best place to start is the fact that knowing what goes on behind the scenes of the festival circuit on a normal year 
is enough to like give me crippling anxiety and never wanting to get out of my basement. But to then throw on the pandemic and everything else that has gone on, I can only imagine it's been a little bit different. So what has been the experience this year of programming, you know, this year's Panic Film Festival? Yeah. So, I mean, I think in it's not entirely different than years past, but now we have to layer in virtual. And in order to do that, we kind of did a test run back in October with Panic Fest Presents Tricks and Treats, which was our Halloween special, basically. It was a mini fest, or at least we thought it was going to be. And then we ended up having close to 30 films and some premieres during that. And we just kind of fell into that. Um, But we were able to learn, you know, what Eventive looks like for a platform to stream on. We were able to to try out Gather, which is our virtual experience I can talk more about later. Um, So I think being able to use that time as a test run really actually helped us quite a bit and and we benefited from it and we'll see hopefully we benefited from it um but yeah we we've had to layer in virtual which really just means um some more work for adam and i to make sure uh, what we screen we can put on online because some things only have certain rights in the u.s which means it gets uh regional locked to the u.s because you know films only here uh, for U.S. rights, or some have North American rights, or whatever the case may be. Um, so that being said, uh, I do think it, an interesting side story, I guess, if I could get on that, is that April typically is not when we do it, as you mentioned, but the very first Panic Fest was held in April. <laughs> and it was over two weekends. It was one weekend, and then we took a break for a whole week, and then it did another weekend at two different screen lines at that time. Um, and so it's kind of interesting. It's come a little full full circle in year nine and we're doing it in, in April because of COVID and trying to make sure everything's safe. We, we decided to push it out a little bit more and that was the right decision. Um, but we're still taking precautions with that. And so that's why virtual exists. And I think this potentially could lead to more people being able to make memories with us over at the Panic Film Fest, uh, just in terms of opening up that virtual experience. But like you mentioned, you're going to try to incorporate things that make it feel like Panic Fest because it is just a very smaller, intimate, more inclusive, just, you know, genre fest. Yeah, I mean, the virtual thing opens it up to people, I think, that may have been on the fence before about going to Panic Fest. Um and I also think the time of year is interesting because it's after South by it's after Sundance. While those aren't genre fests, they do have some interesting genre films that would normally be locked in that we can't get because they're locked into those premieres. And so we've been able to get some stuff from, from both of those fests as a second time anyone's seen it. But my hope is that everyone gives it a chance if you haven't before, or if you're a fan of fantastic fest or something like that, I think we line up, real close with what kind of experience you'll have there. Um, and, and being in Kansas city, I, I do think there is still some of a bias, <laughs> you know, being in Kansas city versus, uh, maybe a, a coast or even established, you know, for 20 years, you know, we're in our ninth year still, uh, and growing every year. And I think getting better, but this gives you a chance to experience it. Um, and more importantly, if you've come in the past, and miss your missy and your friends you still have a chance to network with them and hang out on gather and talk about films um and so that that virtual experience i keep bringing up gather what that is is it's it's kind of like an eight-bit world Mm 
and I've recreated Screenland, uh, the bar, I've recreated the theaters, the lobby, all that stuff so that you can walk in there, see each other on camera, turn your mic on and talk to people and be a little avatar and just walk around and check it out. It looks dope as hell. It looks very, <laughs> very cool. And it's neat. And it's very smart that you're doing that way that you also incorporating, like you said, the virtual because like more people can get out and see because some people aren't ready to go out into the movie theaters. But for, those, but for those who are and those who have been, especially at Screenland, Screenland does an excellent job of taking precautions in, yeah. and the safety for it. And the fact that it's all about getting together and watching fun movies with your friends again. And I think that's what has been missing. And it's kind of interesting how like, the Panic Fest last year was with Last Hurrah, and this one almost feels like one of the first hurrahs. You know, like things are getting back to normal and, and some sort of uh, more pleasant. Now, it's never going to be normal again, but like you are incorporating the virtual and you are incorporating the gather and all that fun stuff. Plus, you have excellent track records on movies oh my and the God. programming that you show. And like you said, you. I know you don't want to toot your own horn, but like, and we're going to not try to make this a, a waxing of the car session, <laughs> but Panic Fest has been getting national acclimates recently about the festival itself. It's becoming like the festival to watch and it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, we've, we've really tried with our programming. It's funny. I was, I was going through our website the other day, making some updates and, and going through the program guide uh, and making updates. I was like, damn, our, like not to toot our own norm, but like our, our lineup last year was like legit. And it's been getting, you know, more and more of, Adam would agree over the last like three to four years, it's been getting better and better with quality. And a lot of that goes toward, you know, Adam's relationships now for 10 years with studios, even though there's been turnover this year, especially, um, but, you know, making those connections. And then I've been uh, doing a website and blogging and covering events for, honestly, since 1999, but even more so with Downright Creepy since 2009. Um, and when we go cover those events, we get put on press lists and then we get PR people that can contact us. So I've got a, a weird kind of angle with the PR people and people handling films and sometimes directly with studios PR. And he's got the side of the exhibition uh, and booking side of things. So we've kind of got an interesting angle for fest founders that we can try and uh, cultivate films from and and have those connections to get bigger so i mean we're growing we know we're not you know in the the top tier quite yet <laughs> it's going to take a little while but we're getting there um and, and i'm proud of the programming we've put together especially in a year like this where filmmakers haven't had a chance to do as much stuff but there's still a ton of content out there um to to weed through and i think we've got a really nice lineup well, and no matter what the lineup is or what year, there's going to be movies on those lineups that we're still talking about years later. Ones that we, that cult favorites. I mean, we're talking a track record like what we do in the shadows. We're talking about One Cut of the Dead, uh, Wolf Cop, The Girl with All the Gifts, all sorts of movies like that, and. Also, some of the alumni, some of the ones that have gone on, the not even just the feature films, but the shorts themselves, have gone on to make feature films and become uh, soon-to-be well-established names in Hollywood. You know, I mean, we're talking about Jill and Gigi and, and, 
and all a lot of other Panic Fest alumni. So that's a, should be another awesome like like feather in the cap type thing because you you know you're going to have some good stuff when you go to a Panic Fest film fest. Yeah, I mean, Gigi has been showing films for like five years, like five or six years ago when uh, some some of her shorts came through with Lucha Gore. Um, but yeah, and, and Jill, what she's been able to do. But yeah, one thing I love is our Panic alum and being able to stay in touch with them because when we have uh, in theater <laughs> actual face-to-face uh, contact with people, um, a lot yeah. of times we have a ton of fun, ton of filmmakers come in for shorts, especially. And mm. with so many shorts, they bring, you know, one or two people in. And a lot of those people I, I talk to, uh, throughout the year, or, you know, at least a, a handful of them that I keep in touch and exchange texts and messages with. It's not just like, come show your film and be done. Um, there's some friendships that have been born there. Uh, I talked to Darren Lynn Campbell from look twice, frequently during the football season with his Browns and our chiefs. And, and we chat about that and the summer brothers who down in Austin. And I was bummed that I didn't get to go to South by and see those guys. So, I mean, yeah, there's real relationships. I, I think that we're able to, to spawn with our alumni. Um, and, and it's kind of weird cause you don't want to be biased when submissions come around, but I'm going to like uh, trigger something. If I see the summer brothers come through with something and at least I think consider it more cause I know their style of filmmaking or I know a certain filmmaker's style. I just use them as an example. Um, and I usually look forward to that. So um, it, it, it's interesting because there have been people that have submitted more than once that I had to deny. And I'm like, Oh, you know, it's kind of a gut punch for me too. Um, I don't like the rejection emails, right? <laughs> like, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a great network of people, not just what they bring to the fest, but what they bring afterwards personally for me and adam well i think the 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 word there is relationship and that's what i feel like i've developed a relationship with the festival itself i've actually developed like actual friend relationships through the festival and i'm the socially awkward introvert so i (laughs) actually owe you and adam a just debt of gratitude for allowing us to participate and help cultivate all of that as well so again from the bottom of our hearts here thank you well it certainly goes right back to you guys because you've become ingrained in the fest uh in person especially um so i'm I'm a little sad this year it won't be as uh packed but you're basically our podcast ambassadors like you help us get everyone in line when they come into town um do shows uh you do hosting for a lot of q a like you guys are fan you've helped screenland throughout the entire pandemic with stuff and and patreon so i mean it goes right back right back to you guys all the gratitude oh i know i feel like i know we do that every time but it's warranted like i truly feel that way and i feel that way even more because i don't get to see you guys nearly as much i feel like as we we normally could or should Mm-hmm. One of those absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I think- and especially when it comes to Panic Fest, because we mm-hmm. do make memories, mm-hmm. we do make friends, and we do, like, what well, we were talking to Patty Murphy a couple of weeks ago. Right. And like, yeah, and the, the blonde in front, she comes in all the time. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Katie, Katie's got, Katie produced a short film called Deep Learning um, that's part of our shorts block. 
What? Um, so she might be in. She might even come in. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to her about that yet. But uh, yeah. And Patty, Patty ended up writing some game stuff for Downright Creepy. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I love it. Well, you know what? That's the perfect transition because we definitely want to go ahead and start, you know, previewing sure. a lot of the content here. And from the get go, from my first Panic Film Fest to this one that we're going into this year, the thing that I look forward to the most is the short film showcase because it has because it's taken on a life of its own just in terms of the reputation. And again, as we mentioned, the the legacy of the, the filmmakers that have come through. Uh, what was the short selection like this year? Um, you know, I didn't know what to expect because we did tricks and treats in October and a little part of me is like, Oh no, what's going to be available, um, to us. And I was really blown away just like every other year at the, the quality of the content we had. And, you know, last year I talked Adam into adding a fourth block for me, um, because I was really like, dude, there's stuff here that I just like, I can't cut. And, I talked him into another one this year. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, we're at five blocks, six and a half hours, 39 films. Um, God damn. That's, that's awesome. You can have a whole panic fest night with one just the short from beginning to end. You could. Um, and I honestly, there was, there was some that were still hard to cut. Um, but I feel like we got kind of the cream of the crop for shorts um, submissions were still, were still great. And I'm super excited about some of these. We've actually, I can't quite talk about it yet, but we're trying to put together, um, a panic fest shorts volume that gets released by a studio or distributor where it's like volume one, volume two. And it not only gives us something cool to kind of hang our hat on, but it helps the filmmakers with some more exposure beyond our fest. And, and, what typically happens is a lot of stuff that ends up at our fest, whether it's weeks or months later, finds a deal somewhere with, a, a you know, whether it's a compilation or it ends up on like altar or something like that. Um, and so we're trying to figure out a way to do that, to give us even more incentive uh, to push these, these uh, projects along. Cause they're great. And I actually have some suggestions if you want me to uh, throw some out. Please do, yeah. What should someone yeah. that's either watching virtually or in person, what are the good ones to look for? Absolutely. So I, I'm always partial whenever anyone asks me, like, what should we watch? Because I'm like, fucking all of it. Because <laughs> uh, we programmed it. Um, I'm always even more uh, attached to shorts because I program all the shorts. So for me, I'm like, that's great to hear that you guys love the shorts because I do too. Um, I picked out basically one from every block. I kind of cheated. I have a couple from one. Um, so I'll just go down the list here and start with the occult sun. Um, the occult sun is a comedy actually, and it's kind of exactly what the title sounds like. Um, I, I'm not trying to give away spoilers for stuff though. So I will kind of tiptoe around that a little bit. Um, but it is a horror comedy and, and it's great. Um, body of the mind is more of a it's a little sci-fi driven but it's it's almost like a i don't want to say an origin story or anything like that it lives a little bit in my head like old country for or no country for old men mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but not like a western sense it's like it takes place in an apartment <laughs> and you add science to it hmm so so, you, so like a a bottled cormac mccarthy short basically 
basically articles friendo yeah <laughs> that's how i felt like a, a more smart like version of that i think uh diablo is a revenge short spanish short um i liked it a lot I, it's it's hard for me to talk too much about it without giving away the entire thing um but but it's a great kind of short revenge film um uh, it's more subtly acted and then it has its ebbs and flows and boy when the peak of that hits yeah uh the relic is basically if someone took a snippet of maybe the thing and continued it like the thing kept transmitting to someone else it feels a little bit like that and the effects in it are incredible so is is it like a continuation of that old like penelope ann miller tom sizemore oh like no (laughs) no no it's not that it's um is it gonna make me cry like the new relic no no (laughs) it's way more intense than that it definitely jumps right into the action and it gave me total Carpenter Thane vibes. Um, but man, the effects work in that is incredible. Um, we also had, we had quite a few people resubmit from Tricks or Treats. Mm-hmm. And they were really good films. And I feel like we have a different audience for this even more than Tricks and Treats. Just because we had more people. So I, I have a preview night block that I took a lot of anyone that resubmitted for Tricks and Treats and put them into a preview night block and mixed in new ones. So oh, nice. one of those is Green Cobra. And I don't know if you guys were able to catch that ever, but it's it's interesting. It's kind of a mockumentary of a crime syndicate or something that's torturing people. And they taught they have cutscenes where they're talking directly and like it's an interview, like office style almost mockumentary. And it's it's funny and it looks incredible from cinematography standpoint. It's like incredibly crystal clear um and the last one's uh koreatown ghost story which is exactly what it sounds like um i don't even need to really like talk about it or sell it the title is exactly what it is it's basically a synopsis and a title rolled into one um so those are some of my favorite shorts i mean i could have went on and on and kind of went down the list um but those are the ones i i zeroed in on because I always know people are going to ask and that's one from every block. So that hopefully entices people to watch every block. Um, well, and then I'm going to double check here. Hopefully is my voice sounding any better on your guys' side? Can you, uh, can you hear me though? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's yeah. still recording on this side. So we'll, we'll take the loss as it is there. Um, okay. I'm not going to lie, though, man, my the shorts are probably my favorite thing when it comes to Panic Fest, just because for a lot of the filmmakers, it might be the only time their short is going to play, you know, on a big screen in a festival. And then to have the people there and to hear them react to every little thing that happens on there, man, it is just as someone that understands how hard it is to make a film. It's just kind of incredible to see and experience and to be, again, to be part of that. So I can't wait for that in person and virtual again. And obviously with just so many to choose from at this point. Oh, I like the fact, <laughs> I, I like the fact that also going back to your idea of having the like volume and the greatest hits, because going like what Greg said, 
it might be the only chance that these will be seen in the big screen. It might be the only chance these might be seen, period, mm-hmm. you know, after that. Yeah. But to have like that, not only do you have that like memento of Panic Fest, but you have the physical media of it. And you can be like, look, this is a, a good block of movies. This is a great horror anthology, genre anthology, I should say. Because like all the movies, the shorts in this, in, in Panic Fest, nope. just run the gamut. I mean, there's some that are like, like I said earlier, is it going to make me cry like Relic? Well, some might, but is, is it the creature feature like the open LB and Miller Relic? Yep, some might be. And that's a cool thing about it. because, And also the fact that you like curated like by hand, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and when I'm putting like, those blocks together, I try and, you know, we have to stay within 75, 90 minutes. So, I mean, it's a pretty big variant mm-hmm. uh, in terms of time. But I try and mix in different types of stuff in every block because you can run the risk of putting too many things that feel similar. Mm. Uh, not necessarily, you know, identical stories, but like, I don't want to put all sci-fi stuff in one block, that kind of thing. Um, some might be more like comedy driven and you got to really balance even not only what's in a block, but how they're played. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want three 15 minute ones back to back and then a three minute, a six minute, you know, it can really weigh down, I think, your viewing experience. But if we break it up and do like a 10-minute, a 6-minute, a 15, and and you're mixing that in, plus you're looking at the type of subgenre it is, um, that's what I try to do when I when I do that and something that I would want to watch and enjoy. So, um, and then a little note, too, about how we're voting. Before, we did it in person. We had paper ballots. Um, we're switching that up a little bit this year. And we will have something on the website, so and it's mobile friendly too. So if you're in theater, you can go to the website, go down to the vote for films button. Everything this year will be audience choice. We won't be picking anything. So you'll see all 39 films for shorts and you got to pick one for best of fest. And then you'll see um, all the features. You'll pick one um, for best of fest there, director, actress and actors you know we'll pick a few out from the films and then you guys go on there and vote for them and it's kind of in real time for us and it helps because obviously we're virtual Mm -hmm. and we want everyone to have a chance to do it so you'll have a a chance to vote one person per email uh do not stuff the ballots we'll see it (laughs) Uh, so that's a little bit of a difference but i wanted to bring that up because that's that's always something that i find um some it's excitement in right like you get the ballots in it comes in right away i go out in the hallway i start tallying and then you know i get excited to tell the filmmakers about that so that's one kind of new thing absolutely absolutely so from shorts to features then obviously one of the things then that okay uh worked cool uh obviously uh we've gone and we've seen some literal shorts go into features (laughs) and i do believe we have a feature this year that went from a short to a feature all through Panic Fest. Uh, what are we at uh, to look forward to this year with the feature films? Yeah, so let's start out with the stylist, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it went from short to feature. Uh, we had it at Panic Fest mm-hmm. before. Um, Jill even came in with the cast the weekend they were recording it here in Kansas City. So we had, you know, Jara and Bria and the whole game here, Eric Havens, of course, um, John Pata, who edited the film. They all came into town and we screened the short. They did kind of a Q&A and some questions as much as they could talk about, about a film they're filming, you know, <laughs> that weekend. 
but so kind of them to take a break during such a busy, mm-hmm. crazy weekend to come in and check out our fest. They saw some movies. Bria had after midnight there. So it, it's really cool to see what Jill's been able to do and kind of um, build upon her experience with every film and then getting method involved uh, to really, I think, take production to the next level. And then, of course, building relationships with uh, John Pata and bringing him in to edit. And then, of course, Eric, that it's kind of funny. I think they met through Panic Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric's written for Downright Creepy for years now on and off as a critic. Jill actually started with Downright Creepy writing some things and went to Horror Hound, where I think she met, um, uh, wow, I'm blanking on names now. Uh, I want to say Martin Lomax, and that's not his name. Don Coscarelli, that's the centipede name, <laughs> human centipede name. Oh, um, uh, oh, uh, Tom, Tom Shep, no, curses. No, 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 no. You guys know who I'm thinking yeah. of, though. Yeah, I can't I, believe I, I can't remember his name right now. That's insane. I know. I said his character name, uh, yeah, but anyway, she, she met him and then met Tristan Risk at a red carpet that he took her to and then they all got together. And then before you know it, they made call girl. Yeah. Uh, so it's a weird, you know, red thread line, crime line on the wall. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Lawrence Harvey. Good Lord. (laughs) Jeez, dude. I don't know why I could not think of his name. Um, cause you're in the the midst of putting together this festival, my friend. Charlie, yeah, he figured it out. Um, <laughs> we had the human centipede, the answer. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's funny um, how the roots of that like almost started with downright creepy and mm-hmm. through the networking and then on later to Panic Fest. And now she's been able with Eric uh, and all the people I mentioned earlier, they have the feature and it will be on Aeroplayer. Um it's one of their anchor things it's been on it's broken records in the short amount of time for the vod platform i'm sure it will hold up um so it's going to be available there but we felt like it was important to bring it back to the fest uh to give us some love here it's had a few small screenings locally but they sold out Mm -hmm. um and so we wanted to bring it back for the fest and celebrate it properly um through completion from short to feature and so, yeah, I think it's I think it's great that that she's back and Arrow is a sponsor. Um, so you can get Arrow Panic is a promo code. You can get 50 percent off uh, three nice. months. Nice. <laughs> Give you that code right now. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great to see the growth from her and, and the team. And then if you want. Uh, oh, sorry, I was going to say we also have premieres we can talk about. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Lay them on us. Yeah. Yeah. We have, again, track record proves. Oh. That everything is going to, especially like, if I know there's going to be a zombie movie at Panic Fest, I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be a fantastic that's, <laughs> zombie film. That's true. We You mentioned before we had uh, what we do in the shadows. We were the North American premiere of that. Uh, and who would have know? Who would have thought what that would turn into, right? Like, it's still going strong mm-hmm. with spinoffs and sequels. Um, but we have eight premieres this year that are either US or world or North American premieres. Um, Starting with the last matinee, which was called Red Screening. Um, It's basically a uh, film that takes place in a a movie theater during a matinee with a serial killer on the loose uh, who decides to take in the matinee. That's so it's pretty fun, pretty fun movie, especially for Screenland, I feel like. Um, 
We have Vicious Fun, which I just watched last night, and it it might be one of my favorite films, actually, of the entire fest. Um, it takes place in the 80s. It's a horror journalist that writes for a, a magazine called Vicious Fanatics, which is basically Fangoria. Um, and he kind of steps into wrong place, wrong time. And it's, like I said, set in the 80s, and there's some serial killer action that takes place and I don't want to get into too much. I'll just leave it at that, but it's, it's one of my favorites, I think of the entire uh, fest and it's comedy driven. It's action. It's gory. Um, I loved it. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, the gin that is coming from IFC midnight. Uh, so that partnership continues with them. They've, they've given us some great films over the years, including tricks or treats where we had premieres and um, this one's, fantastic as well it's basically a mute boy um that's stuck in a room with a demon and that's the setup i'm trying to do like real vague setups here um and so yeah he's 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 mute so you lose your senses and and you're trapped with this demon it's a north american premiere um blood conscious is another north american premiere we also have several um submissions that are north that are actually world premieres red snow is a vampire movie that takes place at christmas time uh, with a vampire novelist also <laughs> um so that's that's coming uh the whooper returns was described as if john carpenter like made the truman show i believe is what they did and it's it's a family whose house is basically being tormented by malevolent cosplayers. <laughs> so they're coming back to this house that's supposedly haunted. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's it's kind of weird and wild, but <laughs> the synopsis alone is enough to probably make you want to check it out. Right, um, cosplayers and John Carpenter's, like, John Carpenter's big brother. Truman, yeah, to, exactly, yeah. I'm going to watch everybody and check it out. <laughs> uh, she Watches from the Woods is another world premiere. And then lastly, uh, Below the Fold is a world premiere and actually a Kansas City film as well. Um, it's a true crime uh, film that that touches on uh, Maysville murders. So it's not a documentary. It's, it's very much set, though, in Kansas City and northwest Missouri area. Uh, and you're going to know a lot of familiar faces in that if you're from Kansas City. Um, and some that might be in the stylist <laughs> as well. So you'll see some crossover there, um, some familiar faces. So that's eight premieres for features. And we have several short premieres too. I won't get into those, but My. a very long-winded answer, but I wanted to get through them all. And it's it's hard to not give you a little flavor of synopsis too. What's the name of that last Kansas City movie? Below the Fold. Below the Fold. See, yeah. what I like already is I... <laughs> as we're talking like oh let me see because that's another <laughs> thing is like making your schedule that was like yeah uh, um, a, a good pleasure and pain to have like ah this one's playing at this time too and that one but now that it's expanded and you can check out things virtually as well i'm glad you brought that up because we we do have hybrid tickets which means you can see it in person or online uh, we do have, as you mentioned at the top of the show, restrictions in place for COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different. Your, atten- your attendance is going to be a little different this year. We don't have four theaters. We, we have two. 
um, we have 50% capacity on those two. So we're basically doing 100 in the big theater, and I think it's 30 or 40 in theater two. Um, so it limits the amount of films that we're screening at once. So, you know, before it may be filled and you'd be like, oh, I'll just go catch this other one. You may run into some issues with that a little bit, but it is also two week. It's over the course of two week or two weekends. Uh, so it's an expanded time. So if you are in Kansas City mm-hmm. and you have that hybrid pass, it's good, you know, from the 8th to the 18th. And if you just come in for opening weekend in person, you've got the entire week to watch it at home uh, on on virtual. So if you miss something, don't panic. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Uh, you will have a chance to see everything if you want, yeah, through virtual and in person. So I'm glad you brought that up so I could remember to to let everyone know that, like, if you miss it in person, you've still got a chance. And you'll unlock those things on the virtual platform, and it will stay unlocked for a certain amount of days. Um, so you have plenty of time to watch that stuff. That's rad. Yeah. That's beyond Maybe rad. the first time ever you can actually watch everything. Right? And not kill yourself doing it. <laughs> That's been a badge of honor for many people, just in terms of how many films can they get through and process and imbibe. And, you know, we've well, had some people driving in from Texas, I remember, that were going every day, just dust to dawn. It's incredible. Yeah. Will the short blocks be on the, uh, on, be able to be streamed later too? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have all those up. Um, I think like 95%, it may even be a little higher than that, will be on the virtual platform. There are certain times when it's a film and the rights and that kind of thing do not allow it to screen virtually, but in person. Um, We actually have a huge title that I can't even talk about right now that we didn't quite get for the fest. Um, And I'll see if Adam can announce it at some point, fingers crossed that will screen after slightly after panic fest that if you have a badge i think you're able to still go to it so it's not technically part of it is why we can't talk about it right now um but yeah everything should for the most part be on virtual that is in person um there was a couple of weird things with two shorts that might not make it on virtual because of potential commitments after panic fest to other festivals that are very big festival names. And so they're only allowed to potentially either screen in person or uh, virtually. So, but like I said, 95% of everything's going to be on there. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And yeah, because that was like a good problem to have. Like, oh, I can't see this one, but I got to watch this one. And like you said earlier, it was a badge of honor to see as many as you could. And I know there's been times where like, I'm like, man, this one was only playing once or twice, but I chose these movies instead. And then I was like, man, have you seen this movie? It's like, oh, I almost did. But then now we get a chance to actually see everything, you know, a truly from dusk till dawn panic experience. Yeah. And we're going to have the schedule out soon. I'm sure when this podcast comes out, it'll be available. But um, right now we just announced our lineup. The schedule will be out very soon. Uh, and so you can start opening those spreadsheets and trying to figure out what the hell that's going to look like. Like I do whenever I go to these fest and we've even had a couple people on Twitter be like, Oh, I've already got my spreadsheet started. Uh, just when we announced the lineup. So 
Um, we're also trying to make it fair to everyone for single tickets and pass holders to get tickets to things. So we've tried to make it as fair as possible by capping uh, the hybrid tickets for in-person so that there's still seats available for walk-ups. So something to keep in mind. That is perfect. That is perfect. Well, I mean, from shorts to features to another thing that has been one of the things I've enjoyed truly with the Panic Film Festival are the panels and the podcast. And I do believe there are still a number that are going to be participating in this year's. So what are the ones we should be looking out for there? Yeah. So we probably have the most podcast ever uh, that we've, <laughs> we've had. And we've really been lucky to get some great shows uh, and some shows that broke out after afterwards. Um, and I think we have a really good slate this year as well and some favorites of mine. So Nightmare on Film Street, we're going to have them. Uh, I'll just go through the lineup. There's not that many um, overall that we can't talk about them. But Nightmare on Film Street, which I know you guys had on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam and I were just on to talk about Panic Fest as well. So they'll be doing some fun intro stuff for us that I think you really enjoy. I don't want to give it away. Um, and Colors of the Dark with Rebecca and Elric. They're going to be on. Uh, gosh, wh- who are their guests? I'm blanking on guests right now, but it's good. I'll give you the, I'll tell you that much. I feel like uh, Barbara Crampton will be part of it, if I recall. Oh, well, then. Uh, I'm blanking on who else, but look for that. That's going to be great. Um, they're coming back. We love having them here. Uh, and they're also going to be participating in screen drafts which will be here. Uh, Rebecca will be on that. Rebecca, Mc- Dr. Rebecca McKendry uh, and Graham Skipper will be participating in the Screen Drafts podcast. Um, they're going to be doing <laughs> Hellraiser, the Hellraiser series. Oh, on screen no. so, uh, and then we also have another Bloody Disgusting podcast. I should say Nightmare on Film Street, Bloody Disgusting. We have uh, Nightlight by Prince and he'll be sending me that episode soon. I'm curious to listen to that as we upload it to our on-demand content. Uh, Fright Day, which if you watch Tricks and Treats, you would have saw these fine young cannibals uh, that I'm talking to right now on there with Byron and Kelly. Um, I've loved Fright Day for so so long. They've been around for, gosh, a few years now, maybe seven or eight. Uh, They do great shows, though. If you haven't listened, I highly suggest Patreon on them, too. They have uh cryptids and serial killer stuff kelly does cryptids byron does serial killers uh, but they're they're a great great group of people and i'm glad to have them back um that's strange we'll be doing something for us i'm keeping it a little bit vague um because we're still kind of talking through some format stuff for them but they've joined uh downright creepies network gosh for season three mm-hmm. And it is kind of true crime, paranormal. I mean, it's literally anything that's strange um, they chat about. And there's some interesting things coming up for season four in that that I can't talk about. But um, things might get weird. Um, You guys will, of course, be doing stuff for us, um, as always. (laughs) So I feel like it's just uh, I don't have to mention it because you're going to be there. And you're a podcast ambassador. So you're a staple uh, for as long as you'll do it we will have you so we can't we can go ahead and announce that on the uh uh, technically on the 18th the game of games will be returning there it is Mm -hmm. the game of games and a podcast show we've we've got all we much like the screen drafts thing we have such sites to show you (laughs) yes yes uh and then we also have a horror pod class 
with Tyler and Signal Horizon. And hey! yeah, they'll be doing something. I, I don't know the topic quite yet, but they'll be doing uh, something. Tyler and Orrin from Signal Horizon will be doing something. And I think I'll know after tonight. They're actually probably wrapping up their meeting right now. Uh, Black Magic Coven may be doing something special and kind of kicking off their Coven Club that will be in Gather. Uh, that you can get in any time of the year. So we're going to build something in Gather uh, for them. So if you ever want to dip in and chat with the ladies, you'll have a place to go do so. Nice. That is cool. That is super cool. That's cool as shit. And so that's our podcast lineup. We're also kind of working out our panels, our Q&As, that meetup, um, stuff that will take place in Clubhouse and Gather. Um, I'm putting together that schedule now. If you will indulge me for a minute, I can talk about gather for one second. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but we're going to have meetups in there and we're going to do it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the first weekend. And then we'll do it on Saturday and Sunday, the second weekend. And then of course, if you want, it's always open, um, to the public, the entire fest, up to 25 people so it's funny that we're capping uh people for social distancing in real life but in virtual world at any given time you can have 25 people in there and then during our meetups we're capped i think at 75 um so what we're going to do is on those days i mentioned they're two hour blocks so like to kick things off on thursday from five to seven it's kind of a uh uh, kind of get together, network, know each other, meet up with friends, talk about maybe what you're going to watch, what you're going to go um, uh, do with the virtual platform and unlock it. And we'll have a schedule for virtual and in person. And the point of that is, is that you can unlock stuff virtually on the schedule. It'll unlock at like say seven o'clock and nine o'clock and you can watch it anytime you want. But if you, have friends that get together and want to watch it together like you would in theater like all right this is unlocking at seven you and me and greg are going to go watch it and then in between films at nine we can come back to to gather and come chat about it um so we're going to have blocks of time set up for two hours where we have a bigger capacity level in there and when you do that we're also going to have meetups so it might be like filmmaker meetups for shorts block one will be Saturday from, you know, one to three. Uh, and we'll have the two hour block. So it'll be a half hour block for the shorts meetup. And then say we have block two, another half hour block for that within our two hour happy hour spans. So I'm going to have all that up. I know it's kind of confusing. I'm going to have it up on the site under podcast and panels under schedule on panicfilmfest.com. But that's how we're doing gather meetups. You know, we're going to have half hour meetup blocks for filmmakers, um, for networking, uh, and then you can just go hang out whenever you want. Like an actual virtual theater. Yeah, virtual theaters, virtual bars, and some hidden rooms. Um, I would suggest checking out the arcade. I have an arcade in there Ooh. that you can go play um, Friday the 13th in Gather. You can press X and it brings up a little window. You can play Pac-Man, or you can walk into the game and all of a sudden you're in Pac-Man or you're in Castlevania, your little avatar is. You're not playing the game, you're just walking around in the set. So nice. there's other hidden rooms like that that you should uh, definitely be on the lookout for. 
please tell me we have a genius room that is nothing but a little cage that plays Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> That's the sub basement. You know what's funny about that is something in Gather uh, that you guys will come to find out is I can I can have objects that you walk up to like a like a TV or VH uh, VCR that you can press spacebar or X I don't know the command and it brings up the video so I can put YouTube clips in there so I mean I could make that happen as like a basement thing that you walk into no one would fucking know what it meant and probably would think it's like racist if i did it so i probably won't do that but it is always funny to me when that memory pops up on facebook of genius and me in a basement uh in the dominatrix cage <laughs> i played sarah mclaughlin on her phone in slow motion um i, I mean i always stop to watch that when it pops up in my memories we said that Panic Fest is where memories are made. We didn't necessarily say it's either the theater or the basement. We did there. I don't know how. I don't know if we talked about that during other pre- Panic previews before. If people even know the fuck we're talking about, right? but uh, yeah, one of my favorite Panic Fest memories that wasn't even during Panic Fest. We can come back like years later and like recreate it, and I'll just say I'm Genius McGee and I improve this message just to make sure that all of our bases are. You're ten. You're ten. You're X. <laughs> we go back back to the basement. That's what the tagline is. No one knows what it means, and no one's gonna come out for it either because they don't want to go back to the basement. You know, it's funny. We talked about hidden rooms and stuff. Uh, <laughs> if I had the time and approval, I would totally turn uh, this little room in that that was that we did that in Genius in mm-hmm. Screenland. It's in the basement. I would totally turn that into some weird. Like black light, all white room with purple and orange with our you know our Panic Fest colors and like crazy cat and do a black light room down there and make it feel like it's an escape room. Oh, that would be that's like one of my dream things to eventually incorporate into Panic Fest. Or even have like the Panic Fest dance club. Right. It's it's a it's just like a speakeasy down there. Mm-hmm. It's just like a little mini rave. You're taking the movies back to the '90s and just. Um, <laughs> like is that josh hartnett no that's not i thought that was josh hartnett over there it's, it's on the hair it's on the feathered hair he walks up to a circular window just breathing heavy on it yeah as long as we incorporate fisheye lenses we're fine that's all we need <laughs> yes <laughs> so uh thank and i can't believe we haven't talked about it but again you've talked about it before panicfilmfest.com where else can they find everything out on social media um especially you know at this point um this will be released on april 2nd so tickets are still they are available correct yes yep they'll they'll be available i'm trying to think of the exact date to give you for for tickets i'm not 100 percent sure just yet uh but it will be soon it's the week before um Schedule will be out before then, obviously. Tickets will be on sale shortly after. You can get your passes now. Single tickets go on sale um, when the schedule gets released, basically. You can go to at Panic Film Fest on pretty much everything. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you're into Clubhouse, I didn't bring that up as much. It's the audio app that's out and that's all the craze these days with the kids. Um, but you can find the panic film or panic fest community on there and you can find me, follow me. And so we're going to have a group on there. You can basically drop in and just chat with people. You know, if you don't want to be on camera, you don't want to deal with 
like a little game and an avatar. You can just go on there and it's just chat. It's like a telephone line conference um, and, and talk about films there. So we'll have a little bit of a schedule up for that as well in our pods and panels uh, part of the site. Um, and then, of course, Gather. That will get sent out if you buy a ticket. And then we'll also be probably, honestly, just tweeting tweeting out the link to that. Um, we want as many people on there as possible because we want that to feel like a community when we can't be there. So I think that covers just about all that. That is perfect, man. And, you know, again, from both of us, number one, congratulations on just the growth of the, the festival and just allowing us to make memories each year, man. It really does mean a lot. Well, thank you for that. I mean, like uh, we mentioned it before, but it really is about seeing people and I'm mm-hmm. bummed that we can't have everyone there this year, but know that if you keep supporting Screenland, uh, not only at Panic Fest, but it'll ensure that we have Panic Fest 10 and what a party that'll be because we get to be in person for that, I'm sure. So keep supporting Screenland and in turn, it's going to support Panic Fest. We'll have, we'll have to open up the basement just to keep a room. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I know for the entirety of here of the month of April, Genius and I, you know, at least a few times, we're going to be going back to the well and going to those memories, and we're going to be talking some of our favorite films from Panic Fest and, of course, some of the live content. So until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm in the arms of the angel. <laughs> and we'll see you in your dreams. <laughs>